0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com beat reporter uh, Joe Cook. Joe was at practice, uh, the first practice of the second week of the uh, spring ball for the Longhorns yesterday. Uh, We're going to talk about what he saw there uh, as well as what Steve Sarkeesian had to say uh, in the postgame. Uh, Joe, let's start. uh, I think that we need to start probably with the quarterback position because that uh, that is the position right now heading into spring and and what not only what you saw, but what Coach Sarkeesian had to say yesterday.
1: Yeah, uh, at this point so far, uh, Hudson Card. Whenever they go through drills, you can kind of see a pecking order uh, with with how they go through drills and in the order they do it. Um, at least when right now uh, in that open portion, Hudson Card takes the first drill. Then it's Quinn Ewers. Then it typically typically goes Ben Ballard, uh, Charles Wright, and. Uh, Cole Lord now when they're we're doing they're doing a lot of stuff where they're working in tandem and even Steve Sarkeesian mentioned earlier in spring that the rotation is going to be pretty even uh at this point because it's spring they want to get both those guys reps it's kind of clear that there's a you know battle for first and and a battle for third uh at this juncture but he talked uh he was asked about completion percentage and if Quinn Ewers could uh reach a certain completion percentage in his offense and and the question kind of lowballed it because uh the question asked could he you know approach 60 i think he went any any another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or
0: 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Quarterback who isn't approaching 60 60 is a liability in any offense, not just Steve Sarkeesian. So the hope uh, for for Sarkeesian, uh, he mentioned, you know, one of his phrases is cooking with gas, and he wanted... Uh, you know, he was looking for about 70%, uh, 60, I mean, 65% still pretty solid at the college and, and D one and FBS power five level, but he was looking for stuff like 70% to where that indicates not only are they doing well in the downfield stuff, but the more intermediate and short routes are hitting
0: that too, opening up pretty much most of the offense. I was, uh, lucky enough to, to talk to someone, uh, yesterday, close to, uh, the quarterback situation at Texas. Uh, and they said that uh, at least Quinn Ewers was north of 75% right now completion rate uh, in uh, uh, both uh, uh, sp- uh, practices and scrimmages, team practice and scrimmage, uh, which is a phenomenal rate. Hudson Card in similar shape uh, as well. Uh, my take on, on this right now is it's just way too early uh, to try making a call. Uh, it is obvious, though that Hudson cards experience in the offense. And I think Sarkeesian kind of pointed to this is giving him a leg up in the early stages of the competition. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, he's been at Texas for three years. He's been in the system for a year Uh, that helps. Um, I don't think there's too much difference between what maybe Ryan day and uh, Steve Sarkeesian does. I think Ryan day probably adds some more RPOs, but that's, I don't watch a lot of Ohio state. I'm not the, the biggest Ohio state fan, uh, but you're still learning a new offense. You're still learning new, new words, new, you know, the, the guys holding up the things on the sideline are holding up stuff that means different uh, things in the, in the offense. So um, yeah, it's no surprise really that Hudson card was there, but I don't think that should mean that, you know, he, he started camp as just a far and away leader. Somebody has got to take the first snap, just like somebody has got to take the snack second snap. So uh But yeah, I I think what you mentioned about how Quinn is completing that high of a mark percentage wise, that's kind of living up to that evaluation that that so many different networks, including on three had him as, you know, being that potential generational one, one quarterback talent. Uh, And it's not just on three. It was it was a bunch of different ones. You can look at the consensus and uh, stuff like a 75 percent completion percentage backs that up.
0: Yeah, I I tell you what, um, you mentioned the differences and it's the devil gets down to the details right when you're when you're trying to it's okay to be good and not be great at the details necessarily but the way to be, become great is to understand the nuances of a of an offense and and that sort of thing and i and i think that you're right the base scheme a lot of the similar there may be a lot of similarities that exist but the the true greatness comes when you you can understand the all the nuances of it right mm-hmm. and you can actually play with speed and understand that. And I mentioned uh, on the message board today. I was talking about the proficiency, really, of Colt McCoy. It wasn't necessarily that Colt McCoy was this unbelievable athlete, a very good athlete, but extraordinarily proficient. And you know, thought two plays ahead, or thought five seconds ahead, uh, while he was playing for the Longhorns. And I think that until Texas gets that kind of quarterback play. Uh, while they have these guys with talent, that that's what it's going to take uh, to push them to another level.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think there's – yeah, and you mentioned this earlier. It's been, what, four practices? There's no reason to make, like, any grand declarations. You know, last year was last year, and last year, yeah, Hudson Card struggled, but he, he won the job for a reason in camp. Now, he didn't keep it. I, I think it's fair to point that out but he won the job for a reason in camp. Quinn Ewers, you know, he, he didn't play last year. There's no reason to rush in, into any sort of decision uh, based off the positive the positive, negative, and negative, uh, not negative, but, you know, the, the marks for and marks against uh, that both these quarterbacks have or uh, to, you know, jump on a, a side right away. But, you know, like I said, stuff like that high completion percentage and hearing that, What you just said, that Hudson Card isn't too far behind Quinn Ewers in that area, that just means that Texas has a quarterback situation a lot of schools would be
0: envious of, as honestly they've had for a lot of these past few years. Um, Speaking with Joe Cook, Inside Texas beat beat reporter uh, for the Longhorns, he was on hand uh, for practice yesterday uh, and then uh, was speaking with uh, one of the media members. Credential to speak with Steve Sarkisian afterwards, uh, Joe. He also brought up uh, Sark yesterday in his uh, presser. Brought up Isaiah Nayor, the transfer from Wyoming, and I from the from the quotes that I read spoke pretty pretty glowingly about the young man.
1: Yeah, uh, another case where a transfer starts out kind of at a certain point on the depth chart, but the you know you're not being giving anything, uh, and now he's behind. Texas two top receivers at the end of the year or at least you know starting receivers and Marcus Washington and Xavier Worthy uh Steve Sarkeesian even mentioned that he didn't think that May may have showed off the foot speed uh that he that he has he may not have shown that off at Wyoming uh, and he credited not only his ability to work in the summer just on his physical presence but just on being part of the team getting stuff down and that's why you've seen him Uh, If you're checking inside Texas, move up on the depth chart a little bit. So uh, that may have been one of the biggest additions this offseason. That was in inside Texas today, which we have free uh, pretty much every morning. Um, He was going to go to Tennessee. And that that, kind of means a little bit to me that Josh Heupel thought that he had the foot speed and that uh, veer and shoot offense to be able to be that type of vertical threat down the field and not just a, you know, possession threat, I guess, in that sense. Uh, And and now Steve Sarkeesian's seeing that. And now I guess Texas defensive backs are seeing it too.
0: Yeah. 40 catches, 40 plus catches last year, 12 touchdowns. You're going to have some speed to get away from people, even in a lesser conference. Um, We look at that, but there's also been some other moves uh, according to Sarkeesian uh, in the depth chart on the uh, offensive side of the ball that he's kind of saying, Hey, we got to get more bodies over here a little bit it sounds like
1: yeah I, I, it's Nayer's addition was was big for multiple reasons one is that it added a number to a room that kind of needs numbers right now Josh Moore is gone uh, Cade Brewer is gone those were two of the six leading receivers last year even though Cade Brewer is tied in uh, another one of those leading receivers was B. John Robinson who's a running back so the top three of uh, Xavier Worthy Marcus Washington and Jordan Whittington are back. But, you know, we saw Jordan Whittington had his problems. Basically, uh, not a lot of returning production is back and not a lot of just returners are back. I mean, Alvante Woodard hit the portal. Josh Moore hit the portal. Uh, So Texas basically is short a lot of guys right now at wide receiver. Uh, Sarkeesian mentioned a lot of those early enrollees in this 2022 class. They're on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so a guy like Brennan Thompson, who wanted to run track his senior year uh, for Spearman uh, and you know, put postmarks that direction away, be a high school kid, he's not on campus right now. No no slight against him, let a kid be a kid, but he's not with the receivers at a place where they need receivers. Same with Savion Red from, what, Grand Perry? Uh, you know, he's not on campus right now. So as a result, there have been several walk-on defensive backs Uh, a couple that come to mind are Thatcher Milton and uh, Hamilton McMartin uh, to join a group that's got a decent amount of walk-ons at at least as it currently stands like Paxton Anderson and I think Gus Aisle uh, who's a Hendricks college transfer there's a lot of walk-ons there and they needed to add more just because they had I guess uh, they were good on numbers at defensive back uh, and needed some uh, shoring up of the troops at, at wide receiver because, I mean, think Terrence Brooks enrolled early. Ryan Watts got here early. Uh, uh, BJ Allen uh, enrolled early. Uh, Jalen Gilbo. Jalen Gilbo. Like defensive back has good numbers right now, and those are scholarship guys you keep over there. Uh, the, the walk-ons at this point, it's I don't think it's because either of those guys are going to stick at receiver um, because McMartin, I think, went to Katie, if I remember right, and he was a, a pretty solid defensive back for a, a, a high school program that knows defense. Um, but they, they made the move. One that didn't, Michael Taffy from Westlake. He's, he was basically one of the only guys uh, from that walk-on core of defensive backs who didn't move over. Uh, I think that's a little interesting, Nugget, just to remember because of how – uh, at least for a walk-on, how pretty well-regarded Taffy was when he arrived at Texas.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking here about those moves of of the walk-ons to wide DBs to wide receiver that you're talking about. I mean, and several guys moved uh, for numbers. It makes me think that they're trying also at the same time to feed those young DBs. They're trying to make them drink water out of a fire hose. They're right. <laughs> they're, they're trying to get some some reps uh, before we go further. I do want to talk about DBs because you told me that uh, beforehand that you wanted to talk something specific about then. I want to ask you uh, for those that don't know, we're running a special right now at inside four months for just $1. That's four months for just $1. It's the best site there is when it comes to football uh, team information, recruiting information, and even message board interaction with the actual experts that are trying to uh, give you the inside information on what's going on. Um, Joe, you you mentioned the defensive backs and you said something that Sark mentioned in the presser kind of stood out to you and that you also observed something at the same time in practice that that you wanted to talk about. So I'm going to open the floor to you now.
1: Yeah, one of the, he was asked about his first impressions and uh, he thought that they're playing, these are his words, an aggressive brand of football uh, on the defensive side. And when he got a, a little bit more uh, details about that he talked about we want to be more sticky in coverage and i don't know if that means just constantly running press man and, and hoping but that that definitely means that that's a part uh, of the repertoire um and it, he said more sticky and that was something that i was able to see i guess them working on uh during that that viewing portion of practice uh when when terry joseph is working with the corners i think there's either six or seven maybe yeah, six or seven in that group right now. Uh, there was a segment of practice and individual drills where there were basically three different drills going on at one time. One was, you know, uh, a receiver would be here, and then one defensive back would make a break and try and, you know, slap the ball of his hands. Another was a, a drill where they were in in close and press coverage and, and reading hips, reading breaks, and redirecting receivers and working on redirecting receivers. Uh, And then another part was working on the, you know, on a basically, I think, for example, like a short out route, uh, making that, you know, the first part of that tackle. So uh, a lot of that had to do with, of course, there are some uh, drills going on, too, that emphasize techniques needed for when they're playing zone. But uh, they, they talked about wanting to be more sticky in coverage. A guy like Ryan Watts, I feel like, can help with that. Uh, Deshaun Jameson has closing speed that who can keep up with any pretty much anybody, but uh, has lacked the size and, and some of the awareness that would make him a, a great defensive back. And then, uh, but you know, he's still one of the a guy you tr- can trust out there as a super senior in the Big 12. But looking at Ryan Watts, like he's all of 6'3", all two hundred fourteen, he looks different compared to all the other corners. I wish I'd gotten a better sense of how he moves and, and, and looks. But, I mean, that guy started at Ohio State for a reason, uh, especially under a defensive back coach who, even though he had his issues as a defensive coordinator, was well-respected as, as a defensive back coach, uh, started, I think it was pr- even li- while losing some playing time, was top on the team or close to it in interceptions. Like, that's a guy – that's someone who I think can uh, – you know, if another team tries to have a, a physical wide receiver – Uh, he can, you know, match up with that physicality, or he can even out-physical some of the wide receivers and use his impressive length and wingspan to maybe make up for, if he lacks foot speed at 214 pounds, allow him to still be sticky just because of the physical presence
0: that he is. I I tell you what, uh, the the two corners that Texas took in that class, uh, Terrence Brooks and Jalen Gilbo, that is something that they are. They are... I talked about it with Jerry Hamilton uh, during the recruiting cycle. Uh, both of those guys had just that knack of being in tight coverage and not getting shook. Um, and uh, you look at Ryan Watts and the older guys, Jaday Barron and even Deshaun Jameson. Uh, Jameson's a little smaller guy, right? Uh, whereas Brooks and, and Gilbo, they're, they're not Thick guys, but like Jade Barron is a thicker build guy, uh, but they they are stickier in coverage. And I, you know, I don't think anybody uh, that watched Texas football last year and watched Texas line up eight yards off the corners, off the wide receivers that on the outside is is hoping that, to see a rewind of that uh, this year. Um, not when you combine the fact that uh, basically teams could run—I don't know about at will, but close enough—and then you combine that. Uh, with the easy uh, receptions on third and five in uh, Texas playing off coverage. So I think that's great. A um, couple, uh, uh, couple of non-participation uh, comments uh, that I want to talk to you about. Malik Murphy, the freshman quarterback from Gardena-Serra, his, has his boot off. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, the running back out of Uh he was not at practice on Tuesday, dealing with a, a family issue. Totally uh, uh, understandable, given some things there. I don't, don't need to go into it, but uh, expected to back with the team, not in any kind of disciplinary action or people are worried about that. Uh, and then uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the other one. What was it? Jaden, oh, Troy O'Meer. Uh What mm-hmm. was the latest? And, and
1: Jaden Alexis. Like uh, him, uh, Malik Murphy, yeah, he's got that boot off. But he had a pretty significant injury playing for the state championship uh, back in California before he enrolled. And he's probably just not going to be a factor into the quarterback battle, at least in the spring. Uh, And they don't they're they're not trying to rush him into a battle, whether it be for that top spot or probably more likely for that third spot this spring, because they want him they want him around for a while. They want to they don't want to mess up his ankle. So he's out of the boot, uh, working with Texas strength and conditioning staff kind of towards the side. Uh, during practice. Same with Troy O'Meary, who I think elected to have an, uh, another knee surgery. I think it was in September. Um, Jaden Alexis, uh, he, what was it, during preseason camp last year is when he uh, messed up his knee and tore his ACL. Um, so I, I think only O'Meary, if I remember correctly, had a big brace. Um, Alexis did not. Uh, I'm sure M- Murphy had some sort of rap when he was working on some stuff, but had to go and see what was actually going on on the field, and um, Luke Brockermeyer, uh, just he was—he's not in any brace, but he's not doing any sort of activity at this point, recovering from a ACL injury uh, he, he sustained towards the end of the year in practice. So that's that's been, thats the main injury uh, report, I guess you could say. And like you mentioned, even Steve Sarkeesian said he was—it was, it was a, a, a personal, you know, no no disciplinary that type of thing with with Brooks.
0: Yeah, that's good news, and, and we wish him the best, obviously. Uh, talking about those receivers, um, without, without Alexis um, and with Naor staying outside, uh, it's an opportunity for a, a guy like Dejon Harrison, uh, who mm-hmm. was out last year, uh, to try to get some run at, at the slot behind uh, uh, Jordan Whittington as well. Um, I want to s- switch uh, and uh, flash forward, I guess, To some recruiting news and notes that happened yesterday. You and I uh, saw this on um, Inside Texas as well. Uh, Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas put in a recruit prediction uh, for uh, Samaj Burrell, the linebacker, very talented guy, someone that the University uh, University of Texas has prioritized from the get go uh, to uh, go to Texas. But Burrell's still gonna take other visits. He's going to Ohio State this weekend, but apparently, uh, according to Hamilton, uh Texas making a, a really nice uh, push there. Uh, Burrell is just a, one of those guys that profiles to Texas. Uh, and as Jerry Hamilton told me, he's one of those guys that you can just see calling the plays of the Texas defense from the middle. Uh, the other is uh, Jordan Matthews, a defensive back uh, from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Woodlawn High School. Uh, he's expected in this weekend for an unofficial visit. Joe will be in town, I'm sure, this weekend uh, on, on hand, uh, Texas hopes to host between 15 and 20, uh, 2023 prospects again this weekend, following up on their recruiting, uh, their big recruiting weekend last weekend. Uh, Joe, um, you have anything else to add? I know you were at the baseball game last night. Anything else you want to add from, from your time on the 40 acres this week?
1: No, just, I mean, a tough, tough to always lose to the Aggies and tough to do it, giving up, 12 runs and, and nine of them when you I think you had two strikes at some point in the count pitching's a problem but uh you know it, it's still a midweek and there's still a lot of conference play ahead including an important series this week with Oklahoma so uh and they're they're playing decent baseball of late uh just beat Oklahoma State in in a midweek game so uh, still an important stretch for for Texas baseball they've got to figure a lot of things out and a kind of a group that's collectively struggling right now needs to also collectively figure out how to not struggle. So, well, I, I would track. say
0: just from watching the games, Joe, or in, in reading the box scores, because I can't watch all the games, I I want to get to one last thing before I close um, that I was going to talk about last night. It, just from reading the box scores in baseball, they're hitting the ball. I mean, yeah. early in the season, it looked like they were going to have problem producing runs. Now they're, they're scoring a lot of runs, and, I mean, they had 15 hits last night, 20-plus in one game against Texas Tech last week, and they lost both games.
1: Yeah, and, and most of the attention can, can be placed the to, uh, eyes toward the bullpen. Uh, Tristan Stevens had a couple rough starts. I think he'll be fine. He's one of the more consistent guys on this team. Uh, but, yeah, this is a, a pitching and defense program and right now it's a hitting and defense program. Uh, it's not a pitching program right now. Um, they're still a little bit reeling. I've, you know, they've been 8-8 eight and eight since Tanner Witt was was scratched from his start at uh, versus UCLA in Houston. Uh, same kind of, you know, recovery. And then, you know, a couple days later, uh, Austin Todd injures his shoulder. Now, he did take a few swings in, in pregame batting practice yesterday. I'm sure he's taken swings in, in regular practice as well. Uh, that's a guy they want. Maybe, if only anything, just for his bat. Uh, but pitching's the problem right now. Um, and, and Sean Allen, he's got experience leading a good staff. I mean, just look at last year. Um, he's going to have to probably work a lot harder this year than he ever did last year with, with the talent he had assembled. And uh, you know, with however many, with eight or seven conference series left to go, there, there's plenty of time for improvement in those areas.
0: Um, before I let y'all go, I've got I've got to say one thing, and that is a thank you uh, to the folks from. Uh, I'm actually down in Houston today. Uh, the folks at Clarkfield Collective, the NIL program for the University of Texas, uh, that is uh, really one of the the leaders uh, in the space for uh, Texas, uh, had a, a program last night in Houston, uh, and I, they had a nice nice setup. They were kind enough to invite me. Uh, I saw a guy, TJ Ford was there, Drew Kelson was there, Selvin Young. Uh, Also, I I met uh, someone and and caught up with someone that was a a member of uh, Daryl Royal's very first recruiting class, Uh, was at the event last night, as well as a few subscribers to Inside Texas uh, there, as well as some other dignitaries for the university, Uh, not necessarily uh, directly attached to the university, but uh, certainly uh, supporters of the university as they try to help Uh, build that NIL fund for the University of Texas and and its athletes uh, as we go forward. All right, uh, Joe, thanks so much. Once again, Inside Texas' beat reporter uh, on the 40 Acres, Joe Cook, uh, joining on Texas football. Uh, For Joe, I'm Bobby Burton, and thanks for watching.